0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips, and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Fantastic! I've even got a clock on the wall here. Look, wow! So uh, make sure I don't run over. Fantastic! It's great to see you this morning, and welcome to Life Community Church. If you're a guest here, then feel we'll... We pray you feel welcome, and, and it's great to see you joining us today at church. Um, this Rob's going to put on the uh, PowerPoint for us, and as he's doing that, I um, just want to do a quick recap of what we've been doing. This is going to be part two of our new series um, called We Are the Church. We started last week uh, with, obviously, part one, We Are the Church. And the whole point is our language has lost something of what church is. The church isn't a location that we go to on a Sunday. It can't be. Because uh, Jesus says, "I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it." The church, the ecclesia, is is the people. It's the called out ones. And we don't go to church; we are the church. Yes, to work. <laughs> Thank you. So we saw last week um, a couple of things. See this diagram; that'd be great. Very quickly, just a quick recap then. Last week we saw two different models of church. There's a a consumer church and there's a missional church. The consumer church uses the language of I go to church. It talks about church is seen as a dispenser of religious goods and services. People come to church to be fed, to have their needs met through quality programs, and to have the professionals teach their children about God. But the missional church has got a different language. It says, I don't go to church, I am the church. And it is a body of people who are sent on a mission. Do you know this morning that we are a body of people and that we have a purpose in God? We've been sent on a mission uh, to gather in community for worship, for community encouragement or fellowship, um, and teaching from the Word in addition to what they are self-feeding themselves throughout the week. I'll ask you a question, don't respond to it, and it's not a guilt trip. But have you been self-feeding this week? Have you opened up the word of God in your own times at home? Have you been praying at different times? It doesn't have to be for an hour, but maybe you're driving the car to work. Have you been setting up a quick text message prayer, as I say it? Have you been self-feeding this week at your time, work and at home? So there's two different models of church. And then we saw that great passage um, last week in the book of Matthew. And the point of last week was being the church means we have a new identity and a new responsibility a new identity, and a new responsibility. In this well-known passage from Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked the question to his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And the Son of Man was expression meaning pointing to the Messiah, but also the fact that he was fully, fully human. Who are men saying that I, fully human, yet the Messiah, really am? And he said to the disciples, forget what the crowd are saying, forget what everyone around us is saying, who do you... So that I am. And probably silence descended upon the room like them. And then Peter said. You're the Christ. You're the son. Of the living God. And Jesus said, looked at him and said. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father that is. In heaven. And he then declared. That your name is Peter. Which means a rock or a part of a rock. But on this rock. Jesus was referring to the the truth of the statement that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The church was a a, a well-known phrase. The ecclesia was a well-known phrase. It wasn't for a religious community. It was a gathering of people for a purpose. People would gather for community for military purposes or social purposes, and Jesus was saying, I'm going to have my own gathering." My church, my church, that can meet for a very special purpose, that has a special purpose that I'm going to give them. And the gates of Hades shall not ever prevail against it. And then we also read and heard last week how Jesus, when he died, he himself, perfectly sinless, went actually into Hades. Went into Hades, that place of temporary torment. About two days. The place where maybe you and I should be. But he went there on our behalf. Why? So if we profess faith in Jesus Christ, we don't have to go there. But we can live forever with him, Jesus Christ. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against him. And just a couple of things that we saw last week in conclusion was being the church means that you and I have a new identity. A new identity when we gather together in community and lastly, we, had a, we have a new responsibility, a responsibility to grow maturity, to develop our relationship with Jesus Christ, and also to go in diversity. That means the mission field. It means being the church 24-7, not just on a Sunday. In our works, in our homes, in our, wherever we are in life, wherever we do life, in our neighbourhoods. Diversity, being the person that God has made us to be, but being the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. So that was, that was part one last week, and we're going to continue that right now with, with part two. And uh, have you ever, question for you, have, have you ever been involved in a relationship of any kind and thought the relationship would go one way, but it went another way? Or perhaps you wanted more out of the relationship than what perhaps the other person wanted? I've been there. Uh, there's a time when um, I was at Bible College and uh, over in Birmingham, and uh, at Bible College there was uh, a girl there, okay, and she was a fellow redhead. OK, I actually quite started to quite like her. And um, I, could, I don't know how I misread this situation, but I, we, we were friends. We were friendly. We were getting on well. And uh, we'd sort of hang out and, and get to know each other and stuff. And we weren't dating or anything. And, um, and I think it came to Christmas time and I invited her over. To, I was in a play at Christmas time, invited her over. She never came. Um, she said she'd come if she could. She never came. I was disappointed, as she would be. And uh, anyway, it came towards New Year, and after New Year, um, I, w- I arranged to go and see her, and it was great. And, but uh, the rest of her family were there, so it felt a bit awkward. And I thought, okay, okay. And um, then I heard on the grapevine that she's um, just got engaged. <laughs> How can you get something so wrong? <laughs> There's another time. Um, well you've heard this before recently but um, the time when um, I was, uh, Leanne and I weren't yet dating but we were getting to know each other very friendly and um, I actually journaled in my journal that I felt God was asking me to, that we say we were going to get married and we weren't even dating yet and, uh, and it was going really well etc and then um, we went out for a drink one night, and another drink and, and um, at the end of the night Leanne says stop phoning me. <laughs> I need some space. I need to think. And uh, what, what she was really saying is because she'd already always promised herself she'd never go out with someone who was smaller than her, wore glasses, or had ginger hair. So three good ones. <laughs> and uh, she needed time to get her head around it. And, uh, but it didn't last, the silence didn't last long. It was probably about three day, uh, th- two or three days, wasn't it? And then, uh, then we started dating. Hey. But, um, yeah but you can sometimes get things wrong can 't you in a relationship, whatever the relationship is, you can be expecting one thing out of the relationship, but maybe the person isn 't there. Maybe you want a, a real level of, of of transparency and honesty, but the other person isn 't willing to or able to give that maybe in your in your marriages your 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 husband or wife you, you perhaps you remember a time when it was great, you were really honest, but in the busyness of life, in maybe having children and time passing, maybe a bit of distance has grown between you. And you wish you were back there again, but it's not there at the moment, but it could be. Maybe in, in terms of a, a son or daughter relationship, if you're a parent, and you just want, maybe you remember times when you were bringing up your child and it was great and it was, they were honest, but in the time they've gone up, got older, got their own mind, they've gone to work, And there's been a a distance in the relationship and you wish it was at that level again, but it's not quite there at the moment. Maybe in a friendship situation, you wish that you could, your friend that you used to confide in, but they're no longer there on that page anymore. And you wish you could confide them again. You're expecting one thing out of a relationship, but it's just not there at the moment. And perhaps you wish it was. Have you been in that situation? You've perhaps be on that receiving end. Or perhaps you're there today and you wish the relationship was different. Well, there's a great relationship that we we can have. And many of us in this room do have. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And perhaps we wish that we could grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible's got something to say about this whole area of of relationship. And I'm going to be turning in a minute to John chapter 15. But I just want to share this idea this morning. It'll be on the screen. And that is... Being the church means trusting is the key to growing with Jesus. Being the church means trusting is the key to growing with Jesus. So you've got your Bibles. If you can turn to John chapter 15. And it's going to come on our screen, so you don't have to turn to it. But if you want to, I know it's good to read on your tablets or your phones or your paper-based Bibles. And we're going to read this. Trusting is the key to growing with Jesus. Remember, we're thinking about this whole idea of being at different ends of a relationship. And Jesus said one day, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Do we have any gardeners here? Anyone like gardening? Anne, Pat, two people like gardening. I'm not a gardener. The best I do is trying to mow the lawn, and currently it gets that high. And I'm trying to combat mowing the lawn. I'm not a gardener. My mother-in-law is a great gardener, and she loves um, growing figs and, and different things and plants. But here Jesus is talking about being the vine and his father being the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, but it may bear more fruit. I wonder right now before we move on to the next verse, when you listen to that, when you read those words, do you start to feel guilty? Do you start something in you start to feel pruning, taken away, bearing fruit? Whenever you hear the words bearing fruit, maybe you're a Christian here today, you think about hearing the word bearing fruit, maybe you might reflect, maybe like me, on your life, thinking, Am I really bearing fruit? Is my life really being fruitful? What does that mean? And maybe you might start to feel a bit guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, by the way, because I'm in the same boat as you. Don't feel guilty. Because Jesus isn't finished yet. He's talking about pruning, wanting us to bear fruit. He says in verse three, You, he says to his disciples around him, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. He means pruning means means cleaning. You've already been pruned. Why? Because of what I've spoken to you, while I've been around you these last few years. You're already clean. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm reading that and I'm thinking, what does that mean? Abiding in Jesus and Jesus abiding in... In me, and in you. Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, God in the flesh. God abiding in me, and me abiding in God, doesn't make any logical sense. Doesn't make any sense. What are you trying to say there, Jesus? He goes on to say, in the next verse, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. And it's just this picture of a, a vine, a, a vine for growing grapes. And as you see, I'm, I'm not a gardener, but just doing a bit of research on it, you've got the, a vine that grows. And off the, off the vine, you've got these different uh, branches, which then bear the grapes. And the branches don't hover around the vine. They don't just rest near the vine. They don't just sit on the vine. They are an integral part of the vine. The branch is in the vine. It's part of the same thing. The vine's the main thing, but the branches are part of the vine. And Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Sounds good, doesn't it? Telling us how to be fruitful. But without me, you can do great things. Yeah, without me, you can do some great things. Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, without Jesus, for a Christian here today, we can do nothing. Yeah, you might be saying, "Well, we can do we can do some things." I'm I'm quite good at doing certain things, but Jesus is talking about fruitfulness. Things that are going to last, things that are going to last for an eternity, and without Jesus, you and I can do absolutely nothing. We might be have a, a, a personality, we might have gifting, we might be able to be good at encouraging people, but can I say, without Jesus, you can do nothing because that fruit will never last. Will never last. Now I'm not on a guilt trip this morning because. Jesus wants to encourage us this morning. So without Jesus, we can do nothing. And in verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. And it's a sense of when the branch is disconnected from the vine, what happens? It withers. Have you ever felt withered? Have you ever felt disconnected? Have you ever felt not as close to Jesus as you really want to be if you're a Christian. Have you ever felt dry? Have you ever felt barren? It's exactly what Jesus is talking about. I'm sure if we're really honest across this room today and listening on the podcast, we have perhaps all felt times of, of being barren, dry and withered. Perhaps we can think, think time, and I'm talking this morning, a time in our past where we have felt more vibrant, more alive, more connected to Jesus, That's what we do today. There's good news. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. And in verse 7, if you turn to the person next to you, give them a nudge, say, that's you. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it should be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Wow. So if my words, Jesus says, abide in you, if my words live in you, you can be fruitful. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. A disciple of Jesus is someone that has started that journey of accepting Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, as Jesus being the Messiah, Jesus being God, come in the flesh, able to forgive our wrongdoings, our sin, our trespasses. And we start that relationship with Jesus where we say, God, I want to grow with you. I want to get to know you more. I want to bear fruit. Who wants to bear fruit? Who tries to bear fruit? My hands up. I try to bear fruit. But does a grape sit on that branch thinking, I want to be a grape. Does a banana say, I want to be a banana. Does a tree anxiously say, I want to have more apples. We're coming up to um, the new year. And it's that time of resolutions. and Maybe you're thinking, well, next year, I'm going I'm to spend more time with Jesus. I'm going to be more fruitful. Maybe that's the wrong question to ask. Maybe it's the wrong question to ask to be more fruitful. Can you have the next verse, please? Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. And suddenly we're hearing this word commandments. Jesus' commandments. Don't feel guilty. Because who keeps all of Jesus' commandments? And here Jesus is saying to you, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And in verse 11, he goes on to say, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Who wants more joy in their life? Am I your joy and my joy can be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, and to lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus promising um, joy and peace. And in verse 14, keep running it through. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Jesus has chosen you. Why don't you give the other person a nudge to the opposite direction? Say, Jesus has chosen you. Jesus has chosen you. Jesus has chosen me. I did not look for Jesus, but Jesus chose me and saved me. And bought me with his blood. Jesus, which means he just he died where so I didn't have to die. Wow, if I just trust in him. Jesus has chosen you and me, and appointed that you should go and bear fruit. So Jesus has chosen you, and Jesus wants you and me to bear fruit. And that your fruit should last for a week. That your fruit should last for maybe the best case a year. That your your fruit should, come on, speak to me, remain. Remain. Remain, that doesn't mean remain for a day, a week, a year. It means remain forever. Your fruit that you do will remain forever. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, that he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. That you love one another. Some challenging words there from Jesus. When he's talking about, to his disciples, he's talking to the church, and he's talking to you and I today. We are the church. And being the church means trusting is the key to growing in your relationship with Jesus. Trusting is the key to growing in your relationship with Jesus. And I just want to give us just four quick things that can help us and help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants you and I, more than anything else in the world, He wants you and I to grow. In a relationship with him. He really does. He wants you and I to have that relationship. He doesn't he wants it more than you us going. Jesus says, go into the world and make disciples. A disciple is someone that is growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So Jesus wants more than else. He doesn't want just people coming and making a decision to follow Jesus. He wants people to grow in that relationship. So if trusting is the key to growing in your relationship with Jesus, then number one, for goodness sake. Let's stop trying to be fruitful. Let's have no more of these New Year's resolutions of, I'm going to be fruitful this year. Because you and I, fruitfulness is a natural process of what? Spending time with Jesus. Fruitfulness is a natural process of spending time with Jesus. Jesus wants our faithfulness, not our fruitfulness. Because if we're faithful, then we will become fruitful. Stop trying to be fruitful. Stop trying to be good. Stop trying to stop sinning. Stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to please people. Stop trying to please Jesus. Stop trying. Because if you stop trying and you have a desire to be who Jesus wants you to be, everything else will work out. It's all a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. And when we say, oh Jesus, I'm fed up of trying. I'm fed up of... See, the, the Bible is littered with stories of just people just like you and me. From the Holy Old Testament into the New Testament, people have been trying to be good. People have been trying to follow Jesus, or follow God the Father at the time people were trying to and what they would do they would it would all be going well and then they'd forget about God at times of going well and then they'd go through a hard time They'd they'd pray to God God would you help us and God would eventually help them and then things would be going well again and then they'd forget about God and they'd go through a hard time they'd call out to God it's a cycle do you recognize that cycle in our lives? it can be the time when we need to be most alert is when things are going well and throughout the whole Bible it's littered with stories of people trying, trying. But Jesus, says, stop trying. Now don't hear me wrong. We're going to hear more about this in a minute. But stop trying to be fruitful. Because fruitful is a natural by fruitfulness is a natural byproduct of the process of being with Jesus. Number two. To grow Invest time in your relationship. Maybe you're married here this morning. Maybe you're dating here this morning. Maybe you've got a son or a daughter. Maybe you've got a, a friendship with someone. Whatever the friendship relationship is, it only grows stronger as you invest time. I've said this before, but if Leanne and I have been married for 11 years, but if we barely spoke to each other, and some days, be honest, life's busy. <laughs> we might be passing ships in the night. But if we barely spoke to each other, and that was a, a natural occurrence every single day, every single week, and 11 years later, we were still strangers, in a sense, that we didn't know each other, what sort of marriage, what sort of relationship would that be? But any relationship takes time to build, and takes time to invest. And so we must spend time to invest into our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to be fruitful, Stop trying to be fruitful, but invest time. Now, this is not to make us put on a guilt trip. We think, oh, I don't spend an hour in the morning, Dave. I don't spend... That's not about it. Time could be just driving to work and say, God, thank you that you're with me today. Help me to, be, to live for you. I've got this challenge coming up today. Would you just help me navigate that challenge? I've got this, this, this business deal I've got to sort out today. Would you help me? I've got this, this deadline and this essay I've got to write. Would you help me? And inviting God into every part of our life, very simply, very naturally. Do you know what? As we do that, we will see the relationship grow stronger because you will learn, and I will learn, to continue to trust Jesus. And investing time in, in our relationship is the abiding thing. You abide in Jesus, he abides in you. Well, how can he abide in us? Well, we've got his Holy Spirit, but also the words of Jesus need to abide in us. What does that mean? It means as we spend time reading the Bible, the very things that Jesus said, well, Holy Spirit can remind you and I about something in in particular. And we didn't just know that as we were reading it, that we were going to need that for our day ahead. Perhaps we're going to have a challenge, but the very thing that you was brought to your attention—you just few verses, one verse, a few words—you needed that. Or perhaps, as you were reading it, it wasn't going to be for you; it's going to be for someone else to encourage them. But we need to invest time where Jesus' words are in us, and that comes through reading, waiting, spending time. We had a great time on Friday. Um, but a, a good number of people, there's about uh, about 24 um, or so people here on Friday night from 8 o'clock to midnight, including children. And it was wonderful. And we did many things. Did some, we did worship. We were praying. We were also had a moment where we just did absolute silence, where we just get rid of the clutter, get rid of the clutter, and we just wait, sit still, think. And sometimes our brains can be the loudest things, can't they? Just get rid of and just being quiet and stilling ourselves. And sometimes when we still ourselves, if, you, if you're like me, I'm a to-do list person. Anyone, anyone here to-do list people? Yeah? To-do list people, so your mind automatically, when you're still, it becomes full of tasks. Like, it's great, though, because you can write it all, all down and suddenly you've got a to-do list. But once you've written it all down, that's when the stillness comes. And when you're still and you're quiet, that's when God can speak to you. God can speak to your heart. He's not after your head. He's after our hearts. And when we still our hearts, God can speak the word and season that you need for your life and what you're facing. He can encourage you. He can say some great things. Or he can challenge you. Who likes to be challenged? But we need to be challenged. We need to be challenged but not through condemnation. There was a time in my life where Holy Spirit, well, many times, but there was one time when Holy Spirit was challenging me about something. I was doing something which I shouldn't have been doing. And had someone else said that, at that time I'd have been quite vulnerable. I'd have been perhaps felt a massive guilt trip. And, but Holy Spirit had a way of just, don't do that, Dave. That's all I needed. Just reading a passage that says, Be holy, for I am holy. Did not say the sin that I was doing, but didn't need to. Because I knew straight away what it was that I had to stop. Investing time in your relationship. Thirdly, trusting is the key to growing in your relationship with Jesus. Then, step out in obedience to build trust. It's a, it's a bank account of trust. We've heard those words about obeying Jesus. But would you ever obey someone that you never trusted? Would you ever obey someone that you never knew? wouldn't so why should you and I obey Jesus well the Bible tells us to David well no the Bible does tell us to but why should you perhaps you're not yet a Christian here today why should you obey Jesus the point is this when we build trust with someone in a relationship here on earth and we get to know them then the relationship is stronger And if they say something, you'll take their word for it, and you might obey them. You might follow they might suggest something, you might do it. Exactly the same with Jesus. Build trust with Jesus. Our life is a journey of trust. Faith is essentially trust. You're showing faith this morning by sitting on your chair. Did you measure it? Did you check it wasn't going to collapse? It didn't have a booby trap on it? Trust. And we trust Jesus step by step. What's your first step of trust? How are you going to build that relationship with Jesus? Whatever it is that you feel to do, step out and do it. Maybe it is for the first time you say, okay, Jesus, for the first time, I'm not yet a Christian, but I'm going to put my trust in you for the first time that you are who you say you are. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm going to put my trust in you. Maybe it is Jesus has been asking you to do something. you felt a sense of, I've got to do something, and you've been putting it off. Well, trust Jesus. Step out of the boat, as it were. Do something. Step out of your comfort zone and do that thing, and then trust Jesus to come through for you. And when he comes through for you, and he will, suddenly your relationship with him goes stronger because you put your faith in him, you've stepped out, you've obeyed him, and our relationship goes stronger with Jesus thing is just because we can't see Jesus doesn't mean say that he's not here with us wherever we go through spirit so as we step out he's with us every single step of the way because remember we don't go to church and then we leave him here we are the church if we're the church then we got a special purpose in our lives and God loves us therefore God has promised never to leave us or forsake us but to be with us wherever we go God is with us step out step out and finally Love of the Christians. (laughs) Sounds obvious, doesn't it? Love of the people, but I love of the Christians. It's the uh, agape love. It's the love of the will. I choose to love. Are you a lovely person? Are you a lovable person here this morning? Not always. And if we're honest, none of us are always lovable, are we? We all have our warts and all. But Jesus says don't love someone because you've got a nice feeling to love them. Don't love someone because they're really at you they're really lovable, but love someone because it's an act of the will, it's your choice. And as we love, choose to love particularly other Christians in this context. That's how we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't want us to stay still. We are the church. We don't go to church, we are the church. He wants us to grow in our relationship with with him what do you need to do today and imagine if we as a church decided to take that next step of just growing no guilt forget about trying to be striving to be fruitful what's your next step to grow in Jesus what do you need to do There's many ways that we can do that. And even as a church, many ways we try and facilitate that. If you need some resources in your, maybe you need help to read the Bible, because let's be honest, reading the Bible isn't always easy. Then we'd love to help you with some resources. Maybe you just need to get along to a life group. A life group is a fantastic way of of growing with other people in your relationship with Jesus. Because no one's perfect, we're on a journey, we all have different questions and... Sometimes doubts and worries and fears, but together we can pray together, together we can learn together. And life groups are a fantastic way of growing with other people in your relationship with Jesus. After this service, our life group leader is going to be hanging around the top there and the opportunity for you to even sign up to a life group today, if you're not part of one yet. Hands up if you're a life group leader. And David, and Emily, and Laura. So you can do that. Maybe it's like saying, well, I'm just going to carve out Ten minutes in my day. Whenever that is. First thing in the morning, just to as a next step, to grow, to be quiet, to be still, to read, to listen. And are you is God asking you to do something? And we can be a church, part of the global church, the family of God, the body of Christ, who know what it is. To grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's striving stop. Let's just be. We we don't try to be the church. We are the church. If you've committed your life to Jesus, then you are the church. And therefore if you stop trying to strive and start trying to connect, then you and I will bear fruit. Let's pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.